1: people who have happened upon this podcast. Uh, Welcome to episode number, I don't know, uh, seven, I think, of Unformidable, where we take a look back at some of the less heralded Mets in our beloved franchise's quirky, wacky history as every player who dons the blue and orange, or in today's case probably some black, uh, is in their own way Unformidable to us. So as I mentioned, I think in an earlier pod, I've been trying to get some suggestions and and some of you out there have been kind enough to submit them. Uh, This is the one I've seen the most often. Um, I'll admit I was a little skeptical. I thought it was a little too prominent of a player, but maybe I'm just uh, showing my age a little bit. Wouldn't be the first time. And uh, you've got to give the people what they want, right? Uh, And it's summer blockbuster movie season. It's... uh, comes earlier and earlier. I mean, the Avengers at the end of April? Uh, it's uh, it's just bizarre. You can be wrong. Enjoyed it, but come on. Um, so, yeah, there are a lot of other Met pop culture references and cameos that I love. I love pointing out the, uh, the Met hat and city slickers. Even fucking Billy Crystal had to wear a Met hat back then because it was our fucking town back then, as I love to reminisce about uh but there might not be a more widely known uh met pop culture moment uh than this one or at least not one in a bigger more successful movie than the one we'll touch on today uh so uh folks we're gonna we're gonna travel back to uh halcyon time uh when a will smith blockbuster inspired glee in the masses and um not, not a what? What the heck is that giant, horrible blue thing? Reaction in the masses uh, to look at the baseball and brief but memorable movie career of our old friend, Mr. Bernard Gilkey. So, Otis Bernard Gilkey didn't know Bernard was not his first name, did you? If if you did, you're you're better than me, because I, I I didn't know that till I started doing this research. Uh, was born in St. Louis uh, and. Uh was known more for basketball than baseball in high school, uh, where he turned down a basketball scholarship to Drake University, uh, thinking he wasn't tall enough uh, to really pursue a basketball career, apparently, and signed as an undrafted free agent uh, with his hometown, St. Louis Cardinals. Damn Cardinals, they, they worked their way into all of these podcasts somehow. I'm just going to have to have my wife on one, one week and have it out in a Mets-Cardinals debate. At any rate, um, as an undrafted free agent, I would imagine the odds seemed against Gilkey uh, getting that far, but if if you look at his minor league numbers, uh, speed and patience were his clear calling cards. Uh, He worked his way slowly but steadily through the minors, uh, stole as many as 56 bases in one minor league season, and consistently across the minors uh, seemed to walk more than he struck out. and uh so he eventually worked his way up and got a cup of coffee at the end of the 1990 season uh and went from undrafted free agent to starting left fielder for his hometown team at the start of the 1991 season uh gilkey uh showed a little promise particularly in 1992-93 um hitting over 300 each of those seasons uh drawing a fair share of walks uh frankly he might have been more appreciated in this day and age uh, for his on-base percentage skills. Um, I know I appreciated him as a uh, as a fantasy baseball target uh, back in the days when we had to tabulate results by hand. God help us all. But uh, yeah, he had a, in 1993, he had uh, 16 homers and 15 stolen bases. So, you know, one of those, you, know, you got to love those power speed guys. And it seemed like he was a burgeoning one. Uh, but uh, to that point, Uh, His 1993 was his best season, 16 homers, 15 stolen bases, 3.03 average, Uh, but he he regressed in 1994, had a really bad year. Uh, Bounce back somewhat in 1995, uh, but the Cardinals had a disappointing season, especially for oh the storied uh, you know the 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 mighty storied Cardinals franchise. They they finished in fourth place with a 62 and 81 record, uh, and that that 95 season for the Cards saw the mid-season dismissal of one clueless Joe Torre as manager. Uh, so the Cardinals decided to clean house in 95 and for the price of three minor leaguers neither you or i have probably ever heard of uh actually actually one of the names kind of rang a bell but uh um you know unless they're family for you i don't know uh so let's see Judith, or osorio eric hilgis and eric ludwick <clears throat> were the three minor leaguers that meds traded to the cardinals for bernard gilkey um and In 1995, the Mets were coming off a surprisingly frisky Generation K-fueled 69-75 and finish. Uh, They tied for second place in the relatively new, in the the first season that finished and had a playoff uh, in the new National League East, uh, a mere 21 games behind the eventual world champion Braves. So they had acquired a starting left fielder for the 1996 season. Uh, for that small minor league package. And so Bernard Gilkey came to the New York Mets. Well, 1996 wouldn't be a much better season for the New York Mets. Instead of 69-75 and 75 in a strike-shortened second-place season, 21 games behind the Braves, uh, they'd finish 1996-71-91, 25 games behind the Braves, <clears throat> who would not repeat as world champions that year, uh, losing the World Series to... Hmm, I can't recall. I just guess we won't discuss it at all. Actually, you know what? I, w- I will discuss it. I, I fucking rooted for the Yankees in that World Series, which I, to my eternal sh- pain and shame and chagrin, I, you know, at, I was in college then, and I had friends who had oh, 1978. Like now, I I realize I should have cherished those 18 year that 18 year stretch. But yeah, I had all these friends who didn't remember the Yankees winning, had never seen them win. The Braves, were these, you know, the, the Braves were the dynasty then, or the burgeoning dynasty, so I actually was like, oh, I'll root for the Yankees. My friends will be happy, and my, my family will be happy. Who cares? What could go wrong with the Yankees winning one World Series? You want to know what could go wrong with the Yankees winning one World Series the last 25 fucking years, basically? So when people ask me why I hate the Yankees so much, uh, that's why. Well, one of many reasons.
0: Step into the world of power, loyalty
1: At LuckyLandSlots.com, available to players in the U.S. excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Uh, but I digress. Sorry, Bernard Gilkey. Uh, you, you deserve you deserve better than that rant. Because uh, while the Mets would have a poor 1996, and their eternal nemesis, the Braves and the Yankees, would not, uh, the Mets' poor season in '96 could in no way, shape, or form be blamed on their new left fielder who uh, went on there to have one of the great individual seasons in Mets history. Uh, In 1996, uh, Bernard Gilkey had 44 doubles, which is still a Mets franchise record, uh, which I just looked up. I I can't believe Murph or the captain never topped that, but close but no cigar there. And nice to see Bernard still on top of the leader list and something, I guess. He also had 30 home runs and 117 RBIs and, oh, by the way, also led the league with 18 outfield assists that year. Uh, one of six, six times in his career, he had double-digit outfield assists. Uh, all of that added up to an 8.1 B-war, uh, six on the offensive side of the ball, which is a still ninth all-time in franchise history. So you add in uh, that uh, that amazing season of Gilkey's with Todd Hunley's uh, franchise record alone at the time, 41 home runs that season, and uh, and the one dog, Lance Johnson, and his equally amazing 7.0 WAR season, uh, I forget how, he had like 230-something hits that year, I think, uh, whatever it is, I'm, I'm sure that's still the Mets record, um, and a roster with name sprinkled with names you'd recognize like a young edgardo alfonso I, I believe the first season of ray ardonia's I'd, I'd have to look that up too uh and uh also jeff kent Yeah, uh, you know, and then some but then some other names uh perhaps better suited for future episodes of this podcast um you might have expected a better season with with some of those amazing uh amazing seasons we we just discussed but and you don't know much about the history of Generation K, do you? Uh, which I guess could be its own podcast, probably. But the uh, the downfall began before the before the highlights ever really began. Uh, Bill Pulsifer was out for the year. I forget if it was Shoulder or Tommy John. Uh, Jason Isringhausen and Paul Wilson struggled mightily. And all of Bernard's herculanean efforts went for naught, um, at least for baseball results, because... Uh, uh, you know, maybe it was just the position and the time, but yeah, I'd like to think at least partly what a good season he has. That amazing season of Bernard's made him a natural choice for one of the great Met moments in silver screen history. So I'm hoping the original Met in Black is old enough that the spoiler alert uh, caveat isn't necessary here, uh, but you know, just in case. Spoiler alert, um, the climax of the original Men in Black takes place rather famously in scenic Flushing Meadows Corona Park. Uh, the movie uh, it was actually it was a good movie, I, I I thought, or, you know, again, I was 2021, 21, it was probably its target audience. But uh, again, the movie posits that the 1964 World's Fair observation towers are secret alien spaceships in disguise. And, and when that, uh, one of those said spaceships takes off uh, a, a, and is utilized in an alien escape attempt, its course, as, as the course of many a flying object, unidentified or other, uh, does, naturally took it right over Shea Stadium. Uh, so in the movie, this uh, UFO uh, flying over Shea Stadium is a great distraction to our Mr. Bernard Gilkey uh, who is distracted and gets hit in the head with a fly ball as the spaceship flies overhead in a delightful visual gag. So, not not to be shady, uh, I, I do have you know really fond memories of Bernard Gilkey, but um, you know who knows? Maybe the scene took a lot of takes. Uh, the fly balls to the head uh, had some effect. Hopefully, there was some CGI then. If we had that. Uh, but uh, Bernard never was quite the same, although it, it would be a hard season to replicate. Uh, but he was never quite the same after that 1996 career year. Uh, the Mets certainly hoped he would, they, they signed him to a four year, $20 million contract that we'll come back to shortly. Uh, but he uh, after men, after 1996 and Men in Black, he came back down to earth. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I had to. Um, I didn't have to, but I did. Uh, He came back down to earth. He was uh, pretty much league average, a little better, maybe. Well, league average in 1997. He did put up a 2.4 B-war. Maybe thanks to defense, he had an even 100 OPS plus. Um, And then he struggled very mightily in 1998 um, and started to lose playing time in left field to the aforementioned Todd Hunley, uh, whose ill-fated left field tenure began as... After he came back from injury to make room for one Mike Piazza. Uh, So with no room on the roster for the struggling Gilkey and probably to save some money and dig up some coins in the couch cushions to, uh, you know, as it was coming to the end of the year and it was clear the Mets were going to have to pony up to keep Mike Piazza in New York. Uh, at the trade deadline in 1998 Gilkey was shipped to Arizona uh, With Gilkey would never come back to the Mets but he was shipped away with someone who would make his way back to the Mets more than once in more than one way, Mr. Nelson Figueroa, uh, for as inauspicious a package as he arrived for, uh, as Willie Blair and Jose Fabergé came to the Mets, and of course cash considerations, which I'll pretend helped us keep Mike Piazza and makes it okay Uh, Gilkey never came after he left the Mets Uh, you know it's a rare case where uh, his best seasons were with the Mets Um, he never came close to 96 or really even 97 again uh He was a part-time player for the Diamondbacks, then the Red Sox, before wrapping up his career with the Atlanta Braves in 2001. Um, He did have a solid season as a platoon player for the 1999 Diamondbacks, and he got six at-bats against our New York Mets in the 1999 NLDS, going 0-for-6. Thank goodness. Um, I mentioned before I I would probably uh, revisit his contract. Uh, So, you know, again, after that incredible 96 season season, Uh, Gilkey signed a four-year $20 million contract with the Mets um, and it included as you may have heard mentioned with Mets before a lot of deferred money Uh, and I I, actually Gilkey was getting his uh, deferred money The, the, the Diamondbacks assumed the whole contract in 98 which you know uh, so they were actually the ones paying all that money to Bernard Gilkey through 2017. Uh, but, you know, I just thought it was interesting because we always hear about fucking Bobby Bonilla. And, oh, Howard, the Mets are still paying Bobby Bonilla. How ridiculous. And, and you know, there are hundreds of contracts out. Well, maybe not hundreds, but <clears throat> there are enough contracts involving deferred money. Um, and it infuriates me when that comes up. And I... You know, and basically I just don't know it about any other player. I never knew Gilkey signed that contract. I never knew he was still getting paid. You would think they would mention it because it was the Mets, just to to LOL Mets us again, even if the Mets aren't doing the payout. But I digress. Uh, Bernard Gilkey had a great year at the Mets, earned that contract, and I hope he enjoyed all that deferred money that he worked into his contract and got paid by the Diamondbacks through 2017. Uh, couldn't find out a whole lot else about uh, his uh, life after baseball. He did move back to his hometown of St. Louis, uh, and his sons play college baseball in NCAA Division Two A. Uh, his sons, Jalen and Cavin. Uh, a few years ago, he tested his coaching chops in fantasy trap <laughs> in fantasy camps in uh, and also I think in spring training with the Diamondbacks. Uh, this was in 2014. This was like the last info I could find on MLB, uh, but, you know, I've heard nothing of him ever leaving, I mean, you know, move back to his hometown, and I guess the lore of coaching is not quite enough to get him out of it, so uh, Bernard Gilkey is uh, retired from baseball, and I guess retired from acting, uh, but we'll always have 1996, and we will always have the Men in Black and for those reasons and many others, uh, Bernard Gilkey was an incredibly unformidable Met. I'm Rob Wolf, and uh, thank you for so much for listening to Unforgettable. I really appreciate it. Um, please, please go to Amazon Avenue, uh, AmazonAvenue.com for uh, Mets-related content. Uh, follow us, follow Amazon Avenue on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram uh you can find uh unformidable and all of our truly amazing podcasts wherever you get your podcasts uh if you can sur- subscribe and if, especially if you can leave a review it really helps um the original music on this podcast is by bunga uh, i'm on twitter at wolf R-R, w-o-l-f-f-r-r and the show is at unformidable i will sincerely try to tweet more i you know try to try to get with the get with the new technology I, I will do my best and if, if you interact I'll happily interact back uh, thank you again for listening and as always as always always, always.